This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Oh, here we go, boys. that sound. This is a good one. And this isn't this isn't that complicated of a topic, but it is uh, a topic that's not very well understood or explored by a lot of goose hunters or duck hunters. Um, but I think especially for goose hunting, which um, hunting no wind is is great how do you feel about it <laughs> well i think um i hate hunting in no wind just i love it <laughs> I, I don't like it because um i don't know the birds seem to be it, it doesn't i don't know it doesn't make them as predictable i guess i okay. mean i guess i shouldn't say i hate it but i prefer wind over no wind okay i prefer no wind over wind hey, weirdo that's that's not very common but Okay, the, I think the main thing, if the main tip I could give people about hunting in no wind is you just don't set any decoy anywhere that you don't want to shoot a goose at that exact location. So that means you set a decoy from 18 yards to 45 yards in a 10 and 2 position from your blind. Like if, if you set a decoy there, plan on shooting there. If you set a decoy next to your blind, Plan on shooting, you know, right next to your blind. So what's going to happen in no wind is geese are going to work the spread and they're going to come in however the hell they want to. And, but they're they're going to stick to landing in the decoy spread or adjacent to the decoy spread. And that's not an issue at all. Like, it, as long as you got a good hide, it doesn't matter what direction they come in from. Uh, as long as they're landing right at your, at your kill spots. 
What are you doing for your decoy spacing? Does that change throughout the year? Or is I, it, I, if it's no wind, are you assuming it's fairly mild? And Well, I guess that's I not keep, necessarily the case. In, in general, I want to use as few decoys as I possibly can to get as much effectiveness as reasonable. You know what I mean? Like I, I always say that and sometimes it's five decoys and sometimes it's 500. Like right. on that particular day, I thought the fewest we could get away was, was 500, but on no win days, I for sure am trying even harder to reduce that decoy count because that's going to reduce my spread size. Like if you are in a, if you're in an X field, um, the, the fewer decoys you have set out, the, the smaller, the more precise the landing area will become. So if you got one decoy out, I mean, what do you think the odds are that a goose is going to land like within 10 yards of that decoy? Pretty good. Yeah. Now you have 40 decoys and your decoys are kind of like sprawled over. Let's just call it like a 30 yard radius. Well, now the geese are going to land within 10 yards of that 30 yard radius, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, so I, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So you kind of just are shrinking and getting more precise with uh, how the birds will land by getting rid of the decoys. And I'm pretty much just doing small blobs, like you tightly packed too for no wind days, just because I, you know, even though I say I want to use as few decoys as possible, I still like playing with my animal <laughs> action figures. <laughs> animal action figures. Yeah, that dude. awesome, dude. That is I got to get a sunset picks with my animal action that figures. That is 100% what they are. Hell yeah, they're like. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. When you put it that way, it's like, I just like decoys, dude. I, I like, uh, it's like, I think I can get away with probably six today, but I'm going to throw ahead put three dozen out because i didn't buy these things to keep them in the trailer they're toys man and they're fun to play with so they're fun to look at there's another thing too i love about no wind days is that goose calling is as effective as a goose call possibly get is going to be on a no wind day like it's got three 360 degree radius 100 effectiveness so you don't have any wind like pushing your sound away from some birds that are potentially that direction. You think that's um, working against people that aren't good callers then? Um, not... uh, if they're good at reading birds, maybe not, but definitely, uh, yes. <laughs> would um, you, would it, you say like be really mindful of like your volume on no wind days and sometimes, not screaming them out of the field? Sometimes you ever notice that like some days the volume is just, crazy loud like you walk to the truck and somebody hits a goose call and you're like yeah. jesus it's like you're five yards away sound is really weird like that because it sound isn't a thing it's a vibration yeah. and it needs like tightly packed molecules blah 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 i think so, the um the humidity plays a big role bingo i agree with that 100 percent um but yeah i i can reach out and touch birds in every direction at maximum distance with my goose call on no wind days and um also, I think no wind days are the best migration days. Hmm. Um, everybody says like, oh, the northwest wind is the best migrator days. Well, I'm talking specifically like September molts here. Right. My favorite wind is zero to three out of any direction. Cloudy last night and a big change in cold temperatures. Or, I want the temp to drop. Yeah, we well, generally and don't want... get you know generally don't get a temp drop without some wind though. And you generally don't get a temp drop without or with cloud cover. That's why the migration days in September are so special. You know, like mm -hmm. you got kind of a bunch of factors that shouldn't be like the cloudy skies, a temp drop, no wind, 
um, that's kind of rare to all happen at once. But when it does, you get um, Labor Day. Yeah, <laughs> Labor Day 2020. Can we can we go back? You got a time machine in your in your closet or garage that we can use and go back to that day? Oh, the first time. I'll invent one, man. I'll, I'm motivated now. <laughs> <laughs> just oh, that if that could be your groundhog day that would like there'd be no reason to get out of the loop but uh man i don't mean to like say anything negative about anybody but there was a podcast about this and that's what like motivated me i, like, I just wanted all right i, I wanted, wanted to poke the bear on this one so bad because when you yeah, we first talked about called it me we recorded last time <laughs> yeah you were like those <laughs> I was I was just a little I was just a little cringy, like they said increase the spread size. Like what? Oh, I think wait, well, no. The thing that got me was don't crosswind him. <laughs> don't don't crosswind him on a no wind day. Are you? Did you just say those words out loud? <laughs> Did you just say that? <laughs> Did you really just say that out loud? But also, <laughs> uh, having no wind is going to put a lot of advantages into your category as well like you versus the geese like um if you're looking at a field how are we going to set up in it the wind is going to force your hand in some way okay well the wind's going to be 12 out of the west we're gonna have to set up so the birds line up on us like this all right well the wind is nothing so how do you want to do it well i'd rather have that like nice hill slope like uh maybe helping break up our blind profile and perhaps the sun at our back and maybe the roof straight in front of us yeah I would, how about that i would say <laughs> I would say hide is, I mean, it's always important, but I would say hide on a no-win day is just, like, paramount. I, I would agree because you don't know if those birds are just going to, like, screw around, fly a little bit to the east, and then lock up and dump in. Yeah, because if you have a, a, a decent wind from a specific direction and it's not variable, you know, it's a, it's a one direction, they're kind of forced to come at you from that direction or a particular direction or whatever. So that, that lets you, you're like, well... We can back up against this thing, or we can, you know, they're not. I know our height isn't that great behind us, but if we keep them out in front of us, and then even again, now you actually can side shoot them. You're like, well, there isn't any real good hide, so let's get the best hide we can in this big coverless field. Put the decoys out in front of us and shoot them in the side, you know. So hopefully they don't. They don't they're not even looking at us, is you know the the theory. But when you don't have that wind, it's you know I don't think you would get away with that that shitty of a hide you know you're gonna no well yeah i mean you would as long as they line well, up you exactly could yeah the way you, you hope they you do could but get you don't lucky have, there's zero guarantee that's gonna happen on a no win day. right yeah you could get but lucky and they could just happen to come from the direction that you want them to so you know a lot of guys are setting up horseshoes and they're kind of at the apex of the horseshoe mm -hmm. um i mean i know think about this on a no win day that you got your 30 yards you know radius decoy spread minus a hole in the middle for no reason and uh those birds are going to approach it from any direction and they're going to land in it or adjacent to it. So if you got a decoy five yards behind you and a goose lands adjacent to it five yards behind that, yeah, right. hunting in the no wind is pretty fucking frustrating. But if you just just keep just keep true to that setup with maximum effectiveness of like cover in the field, approach line of the birds, and then never put a decoy where you cannot fire the guns then or that isn't ideal really right and i think i think a lot of people will start to um shine on no wind days you'll hear less bitching and complaining and excuses really i think another, i don't know how i think another part of no wind days is that a lot of times they're not really associated with 
So early in the season, a no-win day is, is not really associated with any kind of weather change. So it's also like there's no real urgency for these geese to go out and feed. They're like, eh. And whether that's true or not, that's at least in the back of hunters' minds. So there's they're already starting with the low confidence rate. And then if you start getting in December on a no-win day, most of your no-win days are going to be cold and clear. And so those birds, are they're going to do their normal once-a-day feeding at 3 o'clock or, you know, in the afternoon or whatever. So, again, I think it's just a confidence issue. I think a lot of hunters have wind, and they're like, okay, we have wind. We have some sort of weather system that might get these birds off the water. You know, well, again, whether it's and true or not, we're dealing with their mental, like their confidence level, which is a big and, piece. And the, the the migration part of this too is definitely going to be specific to to like September molts because I was listening to another podcast, and again, I don't won't say anything negative, but <laughs> the guest on this podcast was saying that twenty five mile an hour northwest winds were ideal for hunting molt migrants. Oh, and I was, man. What? Like I. I've taken those days off of work and I've I've taken lots of those days off work. Well, four before I figured out you never see a fucking goose. Yeah. <laughs> and um, that's going to be really specific also to temperate nesting, large body Canada geese, because they ha- uh, use a much different migration strategy than like cackling geese or snow geese or fronted geese, um, which those geese actually will migrate on high wind days because they generally go under the direction of adults and they, the adults are going to like one spot and that spot is 475 miles away. Right. Yeah. They're making big moves. It ain't big moves. Yeah, and it's uh, not Duluth. to uh, No. And, and the temperate nesting geese, <laughs> they really do a lot of small um, meandering, um, almost like waves on a beach with the weather. They go down, they go up mm-hmm. and, and they're, they're always kind of fluctuating. And, um, they need no wind for that because they're since they're kind of always out and about exploring they have their number one tool to find safety and food when they're going to check out a new area is going to be another goose calling so when they get to a spot where there are like a staging area that they kind of knew they were going to end up in anyway or maybe a completely new um a new area entirely like you hear a lot of vocalization coming from uh, molt migrants that are looking uh, to set down and I've punted a few times where we had a good migration day in September, but for whatever reason, um, wherever these birds were coming from, this was not their staging area and there's silence. And that's always like a bad sign. I think when you see, Oh, like, Oh, there's a flock of moles up there, hit them with the call. They don't return the call. They're like, shit, they're going like another hundred miles. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. 50 miles. <laughs> shit. They're not coming here. I know that much. But we can call at them for three more minutes, I suppose. And <laughs> we can rip on them till we can't see them. What the hell? <laughs> they never call back, like <laughs> over the horizon. Yeah. But um. Anyways, it, anyway. It seems to know when you when you get ones, you get a flock's attention. Like they pretty much let you know, even if it's not vocal. Because I guess you know I don't prefer or. or uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like, I don't know what they're saying. I don't know why they talk sometimes and when they don't talk. But there's certain migration days where you hear them coming the whole way. They never shut up, and they never shut up till you can't see them anymore. You know, if they're and they, doing that to help each other navigate. I don't I don't know what the purpose is of all that racket is. And then, like I said, some days you see them. They're up high. They're moving. They're not talking at all. But the vulnerable right. ones I, or whatever, you, you smash the right 
you yell at the right flock and you just see them hit the brakes. I mean, I don't Right. I don't and, know I, and I think why. a lot of the vocalization is kind of like, it's like coyotes, coyotes that yell or yelp back and forth across mm-hmm. the forest, whatever, the prairie. Or um, you ever like howl at a dog and it'll howl back at you, but its mm-hmm. eyes go fucking crooked and it does not know <laughs> why it's doing it. Like it's just, it just automatically it just takes it just, over. Yeah. It just takes over and does it. And I think that's what's happening in a lot of Canada geese uh, vocalization. They hear it, they respond. And when do they do it most often? Cause geese are actually really quiet. Like if you watch a flock, that's just an undisturbed, isolated hundred pack sitting out in a field, they don't talk much. They do a lot of the dad noises. like, mm-hmm. rrr, rrr. And then, um, but as soon as they'll hear like an approaching flock, man, those they get vocal and also take off and landing. Yeah, they get vocal. It's more like territory or jacking for position. I think that's why. I think that's why you hear them. Like you can hear like if you if your roost is within earshot, you know when they're getting ready to leave because it just gets just like yeah, the excitement builds chaos all of a sudden, and then they take flight. And then yeah, they don't they... they don't honk too much while they're in flight, and then there's a there's a bunch more a bunch more vocaling as they're kind of getting down, and then they settle, and that excitement dies down, and then you know yeah, take off and landing. Do you think like there's a, do you think they test the waters like one of them's kind of hungry in the morning, it's like bloop bloop, like starts to get excited, <laughs> maybe, and nobody else does, and like all right, fuck. It's all a right? vote. They're waiting. <laughs> they need a, yeah, like... a two thirds majority to leave the to leave the roost. Yeah, like one starts calling, like <laughs> let's go eat, and finally everybody starts calling back, like fucking right, let's get out there. <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe it's a maybe. very sophisticated society. We just don't understand it. I think they can. Uh, I think they've got dialects. Uh, more than likely, they do. I think scientists, as far as with um, marine mammals, whales and porpoises, that they they have proven that there's dialects within different parts of the world. I think when you get world. to the areas like, um, you get in an area like the West Coast, and you got all those subspecies mixed up, both Canada's and cackling geese, and like they'll land with their own subspecies, like in a huge feed of mixed subspecies. Not, and I bet it even gets like crazier than that i would bet that they're landing like with at least the same colony if not family birds well i think they definitely know their species and they definitely they can know individuals i mean there's been a million nature shows uh out there you know these big nesting colonies and just by the peep of their chick the parents can find find their you know through it's just it's just a cacophony of goose sounds and these birds can go right to their chicks by sound so they're obviously they're they're hearing and their note detection is way superior hey, uh, than ours so i just i just heard the dinner call man i'm about to go smash some food all right man uh well i'm well, glad we got one on the books here for this week it was a quick one anyway hey just don't yeah, put right. your decoys where you can't shoot there and stop having an excuse for the most <laughs> ideal days <laughs> easy that's it that's it all right i'll talk to you later man all right dude bye bye